about to hop up and I just left her on this note. Um, I am excited to introduce beautiful friend, Rosemary. Give her a hand as she comes. Rosie's been having a workout lately. We've been getting her to share a lot. But um, thank you, Rosie. Whenever Rosie shares, it's always beautiful and powerful. And I know she's got a great testimony and story to share with us this morning. <laughs> Yay for Rosie. Yeah, Rosemary. Anyway, thank you, Rosie. Oh, dear. That, that was fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks, AV. You're awesome. I um, <laughs> Actually, um, Josh's sister, she calls me um, Herb all the time. So Herb, Rosemary, yeah. <laughs> um, Awesome, Sarah, that was good. How do I lead that? It made me laugh. That's good. Um, welcome. Happy Easter, everyone. It's good. Everyone have chocolate this morning? I have, yeah. Not yet. Oh, you're not a winner. <laughs> you will now. Um, well, today, I'm just going to share a little bit of my story, actually, um, just of, I guess, my relationship with Jesus and how um, I came to have a relationship with Jesus and um, just the journey that God had me on um, since I was young. And so for me, I grew up in church, um, which I'm so blessed to have grown up in church. And I came along every Sunday and it's just what I did. And I'm so thankful to my mom that she had a faith and brought me along. And um, yeah, but it was just sort of, I guess, growing up, it's just what I did. It was routine. But um, as a teenager, I knew that at the time, I, there was just something of a relationship that I needed to encounter for myself of who he was for me, not just coming along to church and doing the thing. And um, when I was a teenager, similar to Mel, who shared, she's one of our young crew, she shared so awesomely her story uh, on Friday. And um, anyway, she shared about how, um, you know, she found coming along to youth was a place where she felt safe and a place where she felt she found her greatest friendships and just a place where she yeah just found like she found home really and for me youth was that and um you know I was I came along to youth and my best friend um Sarah's sister uh, uh, you know and Bryony as well Josh's sister became one of my closest friends and for me it was a place where I actually felt like I could be myself and um in that situation, I was, so with school, I really struggled and I found it hard. I was bullied at school and um, ended up leaving after the first term in Year 9 and did homeschool for Year 9 and 10, which is just crazy. But, um, but it, it was, I was so scared to go to another school because of the bullying that I just couldn't confront being around other people and I guess that fear of just um, wanting to fit in and, and, and wanting to be accepted and I just was too afraid to do that, that I did homeschooling and... Um, which is fine, and uh, but you know, for me, youth and having those friendships was a place where I found acceptance, and I found that, um, yeah, just that place where I felt whole and felt like I could be myself. And you know, as a teenager, I struggled with insecurity and rejection, and, um, and knowing that I was loved. And one of the life-changing moments for me, um, when I was talking about, you know, for me finding faith for myself, was at a youth camp actually in Canberra. And um, I remember being around, there were so many young people there and um, yeah, and just being a similar service like today and in the praise and worship. And I remember just, just in the worship, just encountering God's love. And you might think, what does that look like? What does encounter his love mean? But it's, it was just a moment where I just felt like God was just there and I felt loved and I can't explain it any other way but I just felt loved and I felt his presence and I felt um, just a feeling of security and um, 
And yeah, and I just felt like actually nothing could separate me or nothing could change the fact that God loved me so much in that moment. And so that's where I first really encountered and started my journey in relationship with him. And um, a Bible verse that stuck with me those years growing up um, was in Isaiah 54.10. And it says, the mountains and hills may crumble, but my love for you will never end. I keep forever my promise of peace. So says the Lord, he loves you. And um, I read that in the message version the other day, and I love it. And it says... um, For even if the mountains walk away and the hills fall to pieces, my love won't walk away from you. My covenant of peace won't fall apart. It's an awesome promise. And, you know, Jesus changed my life from an insecure, fearful, anxious person to learning to be confident in who I was and who he created me to be, not fearful of what people think of me or fearful of the future, to trust God for what, yeah, trust God for what he has for my life and to know that I'm loved. And... Dean's not going to like me sharing this story. He's probably going to get embarrassed, but... <laughs> Sorry, Dean. Dean's my husband. Um, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> woo, he's like, stop talking about me. Um, actually, I told him this morning, I was like, I have a really cool story I want to share. And he's like, oh, tell me. And I was like, nah, you can wait and see. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we got married two and a half-ish years ago. And um, at our wedding reception... Um, Dean shared a beautiful speech, and in his speech, I just, I thought, remember this last night, and um, so Amy, who was one of my bridesmaids and one of my good friends, um, did these questions for our hen, uh, for my hens, for our hens, my hens, not, Dean's not a hen, anyway, sorry, (laughs) moving along, Um, and one of the questions was, what do you love most about Rosie, and Dean shared in his speech that um, he said, what I love, I love everything about her. Like, there's not, and I remember in that moment, I just realised, oh, not oh, in that moment, I think I was just, yeah, blown away. Thank you, Dean. <laughs> Special. But, you know, just thinking about that now, that's God's love for us. That he loves everything about us. That he, you know, he doesn't love just this part or that part or that part, but he loves everything about us. And that's God's love for you. And I just pray that and just hope that you you know, find what it is to know that love of God that um, I found. And um, yeah, so who is Jesus? Who is he to you? For me, Jesus is my saviour. He's my father and I'm his daughter. He is my hope and someone I feel safe and secure in. Um, Life can throw some curveballs at times and I know in the good and the hard times, I can't imagine living life without him. Um, So later on in life, about a couple of years ago, actually um, until about this time last year, I struggled with um, anxiety and depression. And um, over the years, I struggled, you know, in my mind and worried what people thought of me. And I worried, just, I worried about so many things. And and for me, I look back now and I think, wow, I couldn't have gotten through that without God. He was my only hope to cling on to in a situation that at times felt so hopeless and so dark. and, And it was really hard. But you know what? God got me through and God brought healing and freedom in a situation that seemed so hard. And I just, you know, my hope is that if you're struggling with those, with that as well and and with worrying, you know, those thoughts, I just pray that you will come through that as well and find freedom in the love of God for your life. And, you know, different thoughts that I battled with was um, I worried what people thought. Am I good enough? Am I, if I make mistakes, will I still be loved? And um, it was exhausting and hard to find peace and rob me of my joy um, I found it hard to be around people because I would just worry so much that I would say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, and it was just tormenting, really. And, um, you know, I didn't always struggle with these things, but they would resurface at times and even become a default that I'd picked up from when I was young. 
And I knew what God said about me and that he loved me, but it was hard to receive it sometimes when the other voices seemed so much louder. Um, I can say now this is no longer my default and I came to a place where I learned to fight and resist those lies and believe the truth. God used key people in my, key close people in my life and some of them are here today and I'm so blessed and thankful for them and um, and psychologists as well who all played such huge roles in taking me on the journey of healing and freedom. I'm so grateful that God brought me through that time. Even though it was so hard, I knew that he loved me so much that he wanted to actually bring complete healing and freedom in my life so that I wouldn't be under that torment or that struggle anymore. And, you know, I used to find it hard saying to people even that if I was struggling or, you know, be like, oh, I'm, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that, or I'm feeling anxious and because I'd think that I'd failed. But now I know that it's okay to be real about the struggles and that I don't have to be perfect, that I'm still loved even when I make mistakes. <laughs> also, during and before I was struggling with this, um, Dean had quite some quite serious health issues as well and... Um, he um, and had a quite a major surgery actually around this time last year as well. And um, seriously, when you're in that place and when things seem so crazy and out of control even, all we could do is rely on him and put our trust and hope in him. You know, what else at that time we felt like, what else can we hold on to? You know, and at the other side of it, you know, God was so faithful and brought us through and, you know, brought Dean through two surgeries and he's doing amazingly well and he's so faithful. So, yeah, please go for that. So good. Um... A verse from Hebrews 6.19 says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And that's the hope that I cling on to. You know, salvation isn't just one moment. Um, yeah, that moment's important. And, you know, even when I was younger as a teenager, it was important. But, you know, I think salvation is also a life journey. I think it's a day-by-day life journey with him. You know, him continually just changing our lives and living in relationship with him and doing life with him through the ups and downs. You know, he saved me from so much and continues to. So having a relationship with him is the best decision I've made. And I know that he has a purpose for my life far greater than what I can imagine. He knows each and every one of us. He knows each and every one of you and the dreams and the desires that you have, that I have. And the best part is that we get to spend eternity with him. You know, he is my saviour and my hope and he can be yours too. Awesome. How good was that, hey? What a testimony of God's faithfulness in our lives, in Rosie's life, and um, from what Rosie was battling in the last few years and what Dean and Rosie both gone through to what seen them now is amazing, and it's just a real testament of God's faithfulness. Thanks, Rosie. That was awesome. Cool. It's my now privilege to introduce Ron Rudder to you. He's going to come and share over the word. I know he's got an awesome word for you guys, and um, probably we have tissues up here. Do we? Hey? Ah, but he's taller than me. Everyone's taller than me. It's all good. Fair income. Do you know the AV roster's blank next week? Because you're dead. Josh dead. Only one pastor next week. And before you ask Toyota Land Cruiser, it won. Bull bar. No, I didn't headbutt it. I wasn't chasing cars, but it, it, I was at work. Long story. Bald people run into things. If you're follically challenged here, you'll understand it. Everything that's too low, you bang your head and leave skin on it anyway. All good. Uh, 
Oh, yeah, so does Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit of a story. I've been a Christian a long time, but I, um, I just want to talk to you. I want to encourage you this morning about holding fast, okay? I'm going to do this without crying today. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I want to encourage you to hold fast. And, and I love um, Rosie's testimony of faith. I've got two testimonies of faith. And it's funny that you just said that Hebrews 6.19 is the first verse that I had written down because that was, that was our life verse during the journey. So for those of you that don't know us, we have three uh, young adult children. My son's over there. The one that looks like Ned Kelly. He's, he's, he's still got hair though. He has a man bun so we don't talk at the moment. <clears throat> and I have two, two lovely daughters. Uh, mid-teens... Uh, and I have her permission to talk about this, but many of you, m- many of you in a church family will know that we had an eight-year battle with anorexia with our eldest daughter, and um, it was hell, to be honest. And she's been two years in recovery. She is completely different person, spiritually, physically, emotionally. And before I say anything more, and not cliched, all glory to God. All glory to God. And I just want to share you a little bit about how he went about that and, the, and some of the darkness that we went through um, in our humanity and we're at the place that he's brought us to now. Kirsty's not well today, so she, she can't be with us. But, uh, so I just wanted to share a few things with you. And the key verse, um, the key verse for me during this whole time was that, that I have this hope as an anchor for my soul. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. And our hope is in Christ. You see, sometimes when you go through things, when you go through those hard times, God has to take us to the place of absolute poverty so that we depend on him and him alone. And that is a hard place to be. You know, it's easy to say when things are going okay. It's easy to say, oh, yeah, trust in God and that, you know. But when, when, the, when the rubber hits the road... That is when our faith comes in. And I, just, I, I actually, for quite a while there, I lost trust. Okay, so I want to share a bit about that. I'm not telling you to go to a dark place, but I just want to explain a bit about that in a minute. And so that all through this, all through those eight years, that Jesus was an anchor at all times. Now, it wasn't that I'd pick up the Bible and, and all of a sudden things would leap out at me. But, you know, I look back now in, in hindsight and see how he used people. He might, someone like Larry and Leanne would take us out, take us out to dinner. Someone like Belly would just come and grab me and take me and have a meal and stuff like that. I'd pour out my heart. And, and so I look back all through these things and, and Jesus had his hand on it. You know, he had his hand on our lives and the situation. But it, there was many, many, many times when it didn't seem like it, that there was no hope, that there was no light, there was nothing. You know, and, it, and I didn't understand that. As a Christian, I didn't understand that because I... You know, I, I sort of had this preconceived idea of God that, that because I follow him and trust him, he will give me, you know, like I, I know that he's good. I had to find that goodness again, you know, and, and I know that he's good all the time, not just sometimes, but his ways and thoughts are different. And I know that the journey that my daughter's been on has actually cemented in her something that's eternal, not just for now. But you've got to walk through that stuff, man. It's, it's like walking through a poo farm. But... So he's, he's our anchor, sorry about that, delete that, Jesus is our, <laughs> but he's our anchor at all, at all times, you know, and many times coming back from hospital in Sydney, I'd, uh, especially when the big swells are happening in, uh, in, in winter, I, I, 
we'd be driving down Mount Oosley on the way home and you see all the ships anchored off the, off the coast, you know, ready for Port Kembla and, and sometimes they couldn't come in, you know, because the swell was too big. And I used to always have this verse going through my head so many times, you know, that, that holding fast and this anchor and this mighty big ship and, and knowing, that, knowing that the sea, you know, the, I'm a surfer, so the power of the sea is ridiculous. We all know when a ground swell comes, you know, it's just like, man, the whole ocean's moving. And I'm thinking this, this ship out there looks like this speck in this, in this sea of might. And, and, and yet that anchor holds it fast. And when the Bible talks about Jesus being our anchor, it's not me holding on, you know, being me trying to anchor myself. It's like he is my anchor. I can go to him and he's, he's got a hold of me and he's holding me fast because the storms will come. We all know that. It's not when they come. They're going to come. Everyone knows it's just life, isn't it? Whether you're Christian or non-Christian, the rain falls on the good and the bad. So I used to, I used to look at that and it, it sort of helped me. It's just like, I've got nowhere to go except you. And so in this journey, I learned to hold on to God even when it was hard because it just felt sometimes easy to walk away. I don't know where I would have gone, <laughs> but it just felt easy to go, this is too much, you know. For both of us, we felt that. And... Uh, I learnt during this time, I learnt during this time to be really raw with God. And, you know, I've never been a cliched Christian. I've never, um, you know, really put on a, a brave, you know, praise the Lord, hallelujah, brother, slap your back and all that. You know, that's good if you like that. That's good, you know. But I, I'm just me. And, and I know what Jesus has done in me and I know that he's real. And I work with real guys and they're rough and ready and whatever. And, and you know, but um, I learnt... I learned in this time that um, I could be raw with God. I could actually just be who I am, you know, absolutely raw. And there was many, many times when, uh, when I had nothing, well, when we had nothing. And I read this, Psalm 35, verse 17. It was David, and he said, I remember the morning I actually read this. I've got it marked. There's a lot, a lot of little passages in Psalms that are marked like that. How long, O oh Lord, will you look on and do nothing? And I felt that, God, where are you? What are you doing, you know? How come you don't go, healer? She nearly died three times. She was on life support once. The last time that Emily was in hospital in RPA, I have a permission to share this. She was skeletal. She was 40 kilograms. She hadn't eaten for three months. And so sometimes I would wonder why God wouldn't intervene. And I couldn't put on a brave face. There was times, so there's four times, four things I'll share with you, that there was times when I didn't want to talk to people. A couple of times I didn't come to church because I just couldn't face people. I'd go for a surf and I'd go out in the ocean on my paddleboard and I'd pour my heart out to God. That was, where I, that was a place I found. You, you know, if you're going through stuff, you can find a place. It's different to that. It might be on your, on your mountain bike or, or walking or something, but... For me, that's where it was. I learned how to swear again. <laughs> I make no apologies for that. I used words that I hadn't used for 30 years. And I felt ashamed. I felt ashamed, but it was like a venny. I am not advocating swearing, but what I'm trying to get at is that what I'm trying to get at is that, that even in all that rawness and all my humanity, that he never ever condemned me. He never left me. He never kicked me away. 
There was times when I was scared because I can tell you now, there was many times when people would say, how's your daughter doing? And I would say, oh, she's doing okay, she's had a good week and I can guarantee that within a day, all hell would break loose in her life. It would go to the pits. It was almost like the enemy was hanging in the wings, just going, I'm ready, I've got my gun sights on you, man. You don't say that. Don't ever say she's doing well. And it was crazy. It was crazy. It was like, I can't even say it. And, and that happened dozens of times. There was, there was one time I was, you know, she was in RPA in a mental health facility. And, and, and every time I would, you know, one, leaving your kid in a mental health facility is just the worst thing. And every time I would go, you know, I'd walk up and down the street. It could be here, it could be Sydney. You know, here's fathers and daughters having fun together, having coffee, having lunch, talking. We had nothing. I leave my daughter in there, you know, that mental health facility. What the heck, God? You know, what the heck? Didn't understand it. There was times when I wanted to run. Kirsty said the same thing. I remember one day coming home from work and I just felt like going straight. Just go, keep going. Don't come back. She said, yeah, I felt the same. Just can't do this anymore. But God was faithful all through that. He's still there. I couldn't see with my eyes what he was doing. But under, behind the scenes, there were people praying for us. He was working by his spirit in my daughter's life, indelibly printing in her life. <laughs> Just, you know, that she's been given a gift of life to actually live. And through that, you know... Uh, I, that passage in Romans, it says, therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I come to really see that for myself because I would beat myself up. I'm really good at punching my own head in. But I would see for myself that I could be raw. And again, I'm not advocating swearing. I'm, like, oh, I'm just saying, I'm just pouring out my heart in pure frustration and desperation. But in that place, you know, I wasn't like the... This, this great Christian who had it all together and, and, you know, my quiet times were excellent and all this sort of stuff. It was just a heart cry and he met me there and, and never, never condemned me for it, you know. It was amazing the people that would come into my life or our lives at, at different times and just say a word or, or, or there'd be, be hope, you know. But it's like this. It's like this roller coaster thing going on. Going. And so it, it, for me, I, I had no problem trusting in God in the past but in this I had real problem trusting in God and and I, I had to relearn again to be, actually believe that he was at work in the unseen places he was at work in places and the, where I couldn't see I couldn't see with my physical eyes but he was actually at work in there and I understand you know when it said the word says in Isaiah 55 my thoughts and my ways are higher than yours and not like yours I'm I'm doing something here I even got to the point once where I I sort of thought, well, what would I do if she died? Would I still worship God? Would I still follow Jesus? And uh, that's no, no parent wants to be there, eh? That's for sure. But it, it's a battle. It's a battle for trust. It's a battle for me to trust. You know what was cool? Again, you know, here's Jesus to the rescue. There were people that would pray for us in a heartbeat that would pray for miracles in our, in our daughter's life, in our life, just to support us, to hold us up. We were surrounded by people who would pray for us. We could send a text and prayers would go out. There'd be people doing stuff for us. And this is for years. This is for eight years. You know, it's a long time. And, and yeah, as the word says, you know, stand firm. Pray on all occasions. When you've done all you can to stand, then stand. And sometimes all we could do was just come to church and just stand and we go to work you try and live your normal life you try and do your same thing 
when she's been living, she's living in Sydney for the last five years. You know, as a dad, you think, when am I going to get the call that she's dead? That's a reality, eh? That was our reality for years. I'm not asking you to feel sorry for us. All I'm saying is that through this, you know, God was teaching us also to depend on him again. He was teaching us dependence on him, that, that he's there in the thick and the thin. He will not and did not let us go. And I understood, I came to understand too, that there's a difference between complaining and pouring out your heart. Again, I'd beat myself up. I think that I was just whinging at God while I'm in this situation. But, you know, it was okay to pour out my heart to him and say, this really hurts. I don't understand it. I don't understand. And I'm pretty sure he, he, he sort of said to me in no uncertain terms, you know, this relationship you have with me has never been a performance agreement and never will be. It's never a performance agreement. I'm not sitting here ticking boxes that you got it right today and wrong yesterday, eh? And I went, wow, that is so cool. That's so cool. And so... You know, I'm not going to go too much further, but I guess it's appropriate that I'm telling you this on Resurrection Sunday because I'm, I'm, not, I'm saying no word of a lie. Our daughter was brought back from the dead. Yeah. And I'm grateful for our family around us. I'm grateful for our other two kids and kids like Monica and that, you know, Jack's girlfriend who are in our family, are normal people. <laughs> But we had, they brought a sense of normality to our lives when we needed it, eh? I'm serious. Because otherwise you just suck the life out of you, kind of thing. But um, I just want to encourage you not to give up. And Jesus didn't give up. He's my preachy bit, but he didn't. I thought of this the other day. I thought, hey, he didn't give up when he went to the cross. He could have nuked all those dudes and just walked away and left us to our own devices. And he didn't. He chose all that suffering, the pain. And all that stuff on himself for us, wow, <laughs> that's just crazy. Like, you can't, how do you get your head around that? No. But here's our example. Did I feel like giving up? Heck yeah. Yeah, I did. I heard this thing the other day. It was really cool. It says that we actually don't fight for victory, but we fight from victory because of what he's done. And I thought, man, that's cool. We fight from a place of victory. But I had to relearn all this stuff. I had to learn to trust again and and learn to stand again and it's it has not been easy doing that you know because again it's easy to say things with your mouth or or to just kind of think you get it but um it's hard when you've got to walk in it but you know we don't do it alone we don't ever do it alone and that's i've really come to understand that i'm so grateful to the lord jesus for what he for, for that you know that you don't have to do it alone there you know i've cried i've poured my heart out Many, many times on that floor in, in my room. I'll never forget the day that, uh, you know, there were six beds in New South Wales in the mental health facility at RPA Hospital for anorexic patients. And it was, it was booked out to the nth degree. You know, there was no way she was getting in there. And I remember pulling a truck over on the side of the road. I worked for National Parks and I'd gone up to Nara to pick up something on a truck and I uh, pulled over on the side of the highway I just cried I just cried because I got this text from Kirsty just saying there's nothing and, and at that stage she hadn't eaten for three months and um, about three hours later she got that prayer thing going you know with Sarah and stuff like that and about three hours later she goes I don't know what happened but we got a bed tomorrow and 
And I really do praise God for that. Stuff like that, it is a miracle. It, really, it is a miracle. Okay? It's, it's not made up. I was in Milton Hospital the next day for something for work. I'm talking to a nurse there. This lady goes, oh, that bed that was vacated, that was my niece. You're kidding. Hey, that was my niece that was in that bed that your daughter is now occupying. And she's on men. So, wow. <laughs> that was God kind of going, it was me, eh? Don't forget it was me. But I'm so grateful for the miracle. I'm so, so grateful for that. And uh, I just want to encourage you that, you know, that the battle may be hard sometimes, not all the time. Life's great. Life's awesome. I had some great times during that eight years, you know, when, I had, when God allowed us the freedom to have time together and enjoy times. But it's always sort of in the back of your mind when stuff like that's going on. But I just want to give him all the glory this morning for what he's done in our family and what he's done in my daughter's life and for what he's going to do. And I just, uh, I just want to leave you with this, Psalm 33, verse 18 to 22. This one... <laughs> But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. So I just want to leave you with that. And uh, I hope I've encouraged you this morning. <laughs> I, know, I know there's a bit of... <laughs> No, there was uh, probably one thinking I was going to a dark place there, but I just, uh, again, I just want to say that, yeah, that, that was part of it, eh? Uh, very, very much a part of life sometimes, and we don't know the answer, and we don't know what's going, or we don't know what's coming, or whatever like that. We don't know the future, but God does. And he's, he has never let us down. His hand has always been on our lives, and he is faithful. He is faithful. His mercy is new every morning. Thank you. How powerful was that? Thank you, Ron. Thank you for being so raw and vulnerable and authentic. It's life. Hey, it's reality. We'll get the band up. And in a moment, I'll just get Ron to pray for us. And I know some of you might want to rush off to the parade. Please feel free to do so. But I feel that we're in a moment here. And what Ron shared there, that was just straight from heaven. That's God's heart. And maybe for some of you, you're, you're in the darkest of valleys, like Ron and Kirsty were. And I know there was many times where Ron and Kirsty said, we we cannot fight anymore we we don't have the strength we just can't keep doing it and as ron said that's when others came around and prayed and stood for these guys and that's the beautiful power of the body and of this like i said before we're just a bunch of friends together and if you this morning are in a dark place and you are really struggling and you feel like you can't do anything but stand i just want to open up the front and if you want to come out and maybe have someone stand with you and yes it's easter and there's stuff to do but maybe it's a moment for you this morning and god's actually wanting to meet with you and Everything else can wait. Push through for that moment because it might just be your life source for the coming months and the coming years. And so I encourage you, let's stand. I'm going to get Ron just to pray a general prayer for us. But if you need that one-on-one, someone to stand with you, please uh, do come out the front. And I just want to say to, obviously Ron and Kirsty's situation miraculously has turned around. 
but recognise also that in some situation there is loss that happens and that isn't the end result and uh, maybe that is what you're going through also. But, and I know Ron would echo this, that God can be with you even in your loss and in your grief and in your pain. And we want to pray for you too. And um, even if it might be hard being here today, like Ron said, we, we're with you. And um, we want to stand with you and see God carry you through whatever season you might be in. Thanks, Ron. Father God, we just give you thanks for who you are. Thank you that you are faithful. Thank you that you can be trusted. Even though sometimes, God, we don't understand, thank you that you can be trusted. We thank you that you have given Jesus for us to die for our sins and rise again from the dead to give us hope that there's hope beyond this life. So I thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for hope beyond this life, beyond the here and now. You are a good, good father, and you are good all the time. And I praise you for all that you're doing, Lord. I praise you for what you're doing in the unseen places. Just pray for each person here, Lord Jesus, that you will meet them exactly where they're at, as you did for me. I pray that each person here would know that we don't have to put on airs and graces or faces that you take us just as we are that while we are still sinners Jesus died for us and then when we come to you there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus that bless each person here Lord as you go their own way help us to hear what you're saying to us and ask in Jesus name Amen Amen Thank you Ronnie and I just want to add to that God for anyone who is just wrestling with the anger and the pain and maybe who has experienced great loss and things didn't go according to plan. I just believe and I thank you, God, that right now in this moment you're ministering peace where there's been a wrestle and a rage and a warring within hearts because they don't understand why things have worked out a certain way. I just thank you that you're ministering peace. Peace into hearts right now. Thank you, team. Please do come out the front if you'd just like someone to pray with you. This is my revelation, Christ Jesus crucified. 